Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Babus to Babus. Do you are these really considered episodes? Like, do you consider these episodes, or do you want to say like, these, "Welcome to another podcast, another Babus to Babus podcast"? Oh no, I consider them an episode. Yeah, what is an episode? An episode to the podcast. Yeah, I know, but like, is episode like like what's the definition of the episode? Like, is it is it like a? It's like, like a, a chapter. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, when you say podcast, then it sounds like it's a different show every single time. Welcome to another podcast. Welcome That's to true. another podcast. So you have to open it up and say, welcome to another episode of Babus to Babus. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Babu. Chi. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also your other host, Babus, a.k.a. Sue. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Okay, I really think we need to add that in our theme. What? Some type of Babus to Babus podcast, so we're not having to say our name yeah, over and over. I don't know. It just sounds really redundant. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Well, it's, it's kind of like introducing the people on the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but then it's like, yeah, my name is my name is Chi, but, you know, you could call me Babu. <laughs> so you want a new way to say it? No. Or do you want the uh, the intro to take care of it and jump into it? Like, because, you know, there's, 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 there's podcasts out there where they introduce each other all the time mm-hmm. in the beginning. But there's also, like, um, for example, the Joe Rogan podcast, you know. It just comes in and they're playing a theme song. Like, dun, 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 dun. Welcome to Joe Rogan's podcast. Or a Joe Rogan experience. Like, you know, and he never needs to introduce himself. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I guess either way, it's fine. Mm. I guess we need to just stick to one name. Okay. Which is... I don't know. It just, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of tweaking we have to do. <laughs> Lots of tweaking. So, yeah. So, you're saying you'd rather just have the intro, our intro. No, I just don't like the fact that we have to say, I'm Babu. Okay. Yeah. AKA, yeah. AKA, you know. That's what I'm saying. So, we just throw that. So and so. We just throw that into the intro then. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll try to out. do a remix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll <laughs> test it out. Anywho, welcome back. Today's uh, episode. Um, topic about quotes what kind of quotes do you live by or like quotes in your life or just quotes that you hear around that kind of impact you in a certain way or that you keep around just to remind you of certain things uh one of our listeners would like us to you know talk about that topic of quotes oh they they wanted us to talk about quotes that we like we morally live by not necessarily like. i don't think like because there's not that many quotes you know that you morally live by but i think it's more of the fact that like I, I to me when i read it it was like quotes that like impact you in a certain way like you know certain quotes hit you harder certain quotes like just reminds you of certain things so just like overall just what quotes do you like you know hmm Quotes that you can resonate with, yeah, where yeah. You, you know when you heard it or when you read it, whichever, it was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's and, like life changing. Right, but yeah, but like I don't want to make it so like like all these quotes have to be life changing quotes. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of want to make it broad where it's easier to, for us to go through multiple quotes at a time instead of just going like focusing on one or two real quotes. Because you know, if you, if you really think about it, to me personally, I feel like your life does really revolve around like one or two quotes, you know? Yeah. 
that you live by. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to. you always return to and you're like, yeah, this quote still remains true. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So and if that's the case, like I said, like we only got two quotes to talk about. But so right now it's more broad, just more quotes that kind of impact you in a certain way. Okay. You good? Yeah, you could you could start start off with one of your quotes. Okay, so one of the quotes that uh, I, are, I, are we going to read these quotes? Um, it's up to you. You can read them or like kind of like summarize. I mean, my quotes are books. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> this dude got poems. This dude got uh, this dude got verses. This dude is reading from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I really do have some quotes from the Bible. Yeah, the Bible do have some good some good quotes, no, but, but you could start. Okay, so one one of your quotes. This is a more of a recent quote. Give us a backstory. How did you come about it? Uh, well, let me get the quote first. <laughs> oh, okay. So then I'll get the backstory. Okay. Sure. The quote is, uh, poverty is a mindset. Mm. Right. Okay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And this backstory was. By who? Who, who said this quote? Um, I think multiple people, but the one, the one I heard it from was, um, I forgot his name, but he's like this rich Asian guy. He wrote the book, rich, rich dad, poor dad. Nope, never heard. Right, of that. right. But the thing is, okay. like, if you look up the okay. book Rich Dad Poor Dad, I don't remember exactly his name right now. But I was watching a couple of videos of his, and so uh, he's on YouTube. Yeah, he's on YouTube. Okay, he wrote he writes books and he's a um, successful business person, right? And uh, yeah, I just remember reading that because that that's the whole theme of the book Rich Dad versus Poor Dad mm-hmm. was about how uh, his dad was the poor dad and his rich dad was his friend's. Uh, dad who he had like kind of um saw as a mentor but eventually kind of like had they kind of like have their own like dad dad and son relationship sure so the rich dad is not his real biological dad right 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 but his real biological dad was the poor dad Mm -hmm. and what he was reading or like telling people was that um in his book he could he saw the difference the mindset the different mindset between his rich dad and his poor dad Mm -hmm. right and he was detailing about how poverty is a mindset, right? About how, like, when you're poor, you think like a poor person, right? And, and it's not necessarily the the lack of money, per se. It's the mindset that keeps you poor. So what he detailed a lot was about how you could change certain phrases and your outlook on certain things are, are different. Like, whenever he asked his dad, hey, can I do this or do this? And his dad will always say, his dad, will, his poor dad will always say, I can't, or you can't do that. You know, I don't have time for that. So is this guy, this author, uh, evaluating poor and rich based on wealth? No, no. He's saying that it's the mindset. It's not necessarily the wealth, right? That like, even if you have a good paying job and things like that, if you have a poor mindset, you will remain poor. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Sure. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like when he was asking his dad for like certain things and his dad would say, I can't, or you can't do it. Right. But then when he asked his rich dad, his rich dad, okay. He was like, oh, how can you do that? Like, what's your plan? Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So his rich dad was always thinking about how can I do it Mm -hmm. instead of I can't do it. Yeah. You know? And when you have that mentality changed, then you start to look for solutions instead of just ignoring it. So to me, that kind of resonates because it's like I see that a lot in my family, my friends, you know. Mm, 
that's interesting. Where where like they they live a poor life not because they are unable to earn money, is because they refuse to like go beyond the limitations. You know, hearing you say that, the first person that I thought of was I mean, clearly because they're talking about dads. I thought of my dad. Yeah. And how my dad is. A poor man, right? Mm-hmm. He works 60 plus hours a week, still a poor man. But he doesn't have a poor man mentality. He's always had that rich man mentality. That mentality of, hey, you want it? Just go do it and, and we'll figure it out. Kind right. of mentality. And, and to me, like, that's right. That's the rich man mentality, you know? And now, now there's still other hurdles you have to go through. Right, right. right? But the thing is that this is the first step. Mm-hmm. You need to have this... At least that taken care of, you know? Yeah, because I've never had my dad ever say, no, you can't do it because of the poor mentality. Yeah, I've never heard my dad say no to any of us. And it's because of that rich mentality that Mm -hmm. he has. Yeah. And yeah, so Mm -hmm. the the author is um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, something Mm -hmm. like that. Japanese, probably. Yeah. And, um, um, and, and, you know, I think of my dad, mm-hmm. you know, and my brothers and stuff like that. It's like, whenever I ask my dad for certain things, like, no, I don't have the money. Yeah. You know, or no, I don't, don't have this. Or I don't have time, you know? And it's yeah. just like, I can see now that the the fact that they're not looking for solutions on how to get to their goals, they're not moving anywhere. You know what I'm saying? They're refusing to take that first step to actually achieve these goals. And yeah, so it just kind of resonates me. It just reminds me, you know, of the that I should really just try out and try to figure my life out and really just strive. Uh, how did you come across this this book, this quote? Was it just because you were watching him on YouTube? And yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He was just like, and then he mentioned it in his YouTube video. And you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can see that. I was well. I think it's like this, is like around the time where I was kind of like still looking into stocks and stuff like that, and oh. and kind of like also looking at ways to compound money and things like that too. You know, like just to kind of like um, prepare myself for how to, I guess, use use income to make more income in a sense. Okay, you know, use money to make money. How to invest money to make more money? Right, but not necessarily invest. It's more like. What's what should be my my thought process? What should my plan be, right? And and I was looking at YouTube at like these rich people and what they've done, and that thought process and the things that you know that goes to their mind when they're just still trying to make it, you know. Mm-hmm. Because once you make it, it's kind of like, I guess in a sense, a lot easier to make money once you have a lot of money. Yeah, you know, it's it's the hard step was actually making the first million. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I was. And Robert came up because he was he was very prevalent on YouTube and he was in the video he was talking about that. How about how about being poor is not necessarily a money thing, it's a mindset. And that if you get out of that mindset, you have a higher chance of actually succeeding in life because mm-hmm. you're not giving up all the time. Yeah. Okay, now you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my quote is um so I have a quote book that I keep and um, one of the reasons why I keep this quote book is because I have this um, idea in my head that one day when I'm lying on my deathbed, I would reach over to the bedside table and hand the book over to my kids. 
a book of quotes. <laughs> yeah. And say, these are handwritten quotes, quotes that I live by. <laughs> hey, man, these, dude, you're like pretty much set for this podcast then. <laughs> so I, I was actually inspired because of A Walk to Remember. <laughs> <laughs> You remember when um when the main character was dying and then uh Landon played by Shane West <laughs> showed up to her hospital bed and she handed him a book and said, you know, here, read this. You remember that scene? Oh no, I don't remember that. Okay. Well, yeah. And now I was like, hmm, maybe I should create a a book of quotes so that when I'm dying <laughs> I'll be able to hand it to someone I love and say, These were the quotes I lived by. And it'll be all my handwriting. Wow. Yeah. I only have five pages, though. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you written that book in a long time. Well, I haven't written in it since uh, maybe like two or so years ago. Hey, well, pick but, it up, bro. Okay, I'm, I'm like, dropping some right now. Right I there. have about 20 Poverty pages. is a mindset. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> okay, right. so go ahead. So this is actually the uh, really the first quote that I ever wrote in my book. I think I started this book back in high school. Okay. Okay. Seems like it. <laughs> that was when I first watched A Walk to Remember. Anyways, uh, so this quote is actually from a song. It's like a two stanza lyric from a song written by my uh, all-time favorite artist, John, John Mayer. <laughs> I knew it. And it's from his song, War of My Life. And it says... If fear hasn't killed me yet, then nothing will. Okay. So what does that quote mean to you? So this was actually a phase. I got into this John Mayer phase right after I came out of my religion. (laughs) (laughs) It really was. And, And John Mayer speaks a lot of humanity truth. Like he speaks a lot of like, um, spiritual truths, uh, things that I could really relate to. I feel like John Mayer puts a lot of quotes in his songs that people yeah. just goes over people's heads. Yeah, they, like they think it's lyrics, but it's not just lyrics. It's exactly, like very it's like life profound, lessons. Yeah, profound messages that he's putting down. And I remember hearing the song, and I remember hearing those two verses, and I was like, "Wow, that is so true." You know, you go your entire life fearing things. You know, but what for? You know what I mean? Like you, you fear all these things and it's stopping you from doing what you want to do. Does that make any sense? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh cheese. Uh, yeah, podcast cheese of, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, segment. <laughs> this is uh cheese lost train of thought <laughs> section where she will go on a subject and then i'll go on a tangent yeah. that has nothing to do with what i'm talking and then you about. get lost in your tangent and then you end up with i don't know what i'm talking about so if fear hasn't killed me yet nothing will right and and then to you it's, and yeah. i think my entire life prior to john mayer was always about fearing the unknown and fearing god and fearing faith and then suddenly i read this and i'm like what the heck am I so afraid of? Mm-hmm. I know? guess I guess it's kind of like a, a setting yourself free kind of quote, right? Like, like the fear is your shackles to really true freedom, and once you get rid of that fear, you know, 
you really start to live your life now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> This is why we work well together. <laughs> yeah, you just throw words and I'll put a sentence. I'll yes. make it to a sentence. Ah, uh, fish. Dinosaur. Move. John Mayer. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> no, but this song was really the pivotal moment where I was like, okay, I really need to stop waiting, really need to stop being so afraid to do things and just kind of just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. Okay. You're next. <laughs> hey, this is a, a new one that I just got recently. And I like it. Okay, ready? This is like literally like last week. Okay. I heard this quote and I was like, oh, I like this quote. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Hmm. Interesting. By who? Um, by me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's just a general saying. Uh, I heard it from this video, the YouTube video. Mm. I, I was, for some reason, I was watching this guy drum. Right, you were watching a guy play the drums. Yeah, plays the drums. Okay. Right, and then he was talking about how he write things down all the time, and then he said that quote: "The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory," meaning that you know it's it you always should write things down because writing mm. things down will always last longer than your memory will. You know, okay. and to me, it's like that's true. You know, that's kind of something that I'm beginning more to do now is like write things down because I used to rely on my memory a lot. Like a lot of the things I do, I just keep in my head because I'm just too lazy to write down. But, but but you don't keep a journal. I don't. But the things that yeah. I, I need to start putting my ideas down now. Oh, you, know you need to start carrying one of those uh, little uh, notebooks. I, I That's why I have this black book. leather notebook. Right. That's why I have that Jotting book, ideas and this, thoughts this down. This right here. Yeah. Okay. And you can see like I put some of this stuff in here. That I never wrote before. So the notebook that he is holding only has two pages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has some pages, but like I'm putting down like, you know, ideas of like, you know, character names and stuff like that in here. And it's really helping me to like remember, okay, like why did I write this down? You know, like, and then it joggles some of my memories. Like, okay, this is mm-hmm. why I wrote it down. And things like that. So I'm trying to, in the process of writing more things down, I'm just kind of lazy to do it. <laughs> okay. That's it. That's it. It's. It, I just like it. Oh, that's a very simple one. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be something like profound. Mm, trying to decide which one. I have too many. Okay. Here's one. All right. Ah, ba 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 ba. By Babus. Oh, by me. <laughs> why? No, I really wrote ah ba ba ba. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why did you put that down? Why did you put that one down? Because I was telling you about how I keep a, a book of quotes. And then you were like, oh, put this one down. And that's what you said. So I put it down. It was memorable. <laughs> okay. So gibberish is a quote by me. Yeah. Yep. It's a poem too. Called gibberish. <laughs> okay. Um, this next one is short, but it's very profound too. And it's, like I said, it's another one of those saying that um, people say all the time that I don't necessarily know who the original author is, but... The saying is, forgive, but never forget. And that really helps me through life. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like Because those two things are different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like uh, growing up, especially during like middle school and high school, when I'm really going through, like really figuring out who I am, things like that. Like I used to hold a lot of 
anger inside and I never knew why. You know, well, I, do, I do kind of guess I knew why, but I never knew like how to like let it go. And that saying really helped me because it's kind of like, look, you can forgive them, you know, let the anger go, but you don't have to forget that they've done things to you in the past, yeah. you know, like, so it, it's like, it's more of a self-serving quote kind of saying, hey, like forgive, let it go, but don't make the same mistakes again. Learn from them, you know, don't let these people back in your life till they can do harm to you again. Mm-hmm. So I like that one. That's one the like few main ones I still live by. Forgive, but never forget. Okay. So this one is um from the imp. Oh, the imp. <laughs> okay, be more. <laughs> by George R. R. Martin from um Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Uh, it says, "When you tear out." man i can't read today apparently when you tear out a man's tongue you are not proving the man a liar you're only telling the world that you fear what he might say Mm, i like that one Mm -hmm. yeah i like that one a lot okay next that's it do you you have anything i think that speaks for itself right Mm -hmm. but does that have anything like personal to you um Okay, I'll I'll take it from here. Okay, my next quote is... uh, Okay, well, let me just kind of build off of that quote. Like, when I read that quote, I I see, like... um, Don't be so, like... uh, Man, I guess I can't try to find the words for it. Like, not like like reckless, but... But it shows that you are afraid. You're more afraid... ah, Whatever, I'll just move on to the next one. No, no, I, I... I get what you're trying to say. You're more afraid of what someone has to say right. about you mm-hmm. that you are willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, we're literally just like rephrasing the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that one's itself. Um, it is. It's like, it speaks for itself. Yeah, it speaks There's for nothing itself, yeah. for you to really say. Okay. I mean, I just remember when, because you actually told me this quote, that it was from the imp. And that was when I I began to respect the imp more Mm. in the show. And I started understanding why he is the way he is in regards to how he's so different from the rest of his family. His name is Tyrion, all right? Tyrion, sorry. Respect him. That's very rude. Yeah, call him the imp. (laughs) All right, put some respect on my boy. <laughs> okay, my next quote is, this is like, um, you, there's multiple quotes and it's quoted in different ways, but this is the way I remember it is like, uh, is the quote is, anger is like taking poison, hoping the other person dies. Anger is like taking poison. Oh, hoping that the other person dies. Yeah. So you're hurting yourself by being angry. Right. And Mm. this quote just reminds me that like anger, you know, when you're angry at someone and things like that, when you lose your self-control, it's like you're hurting yourself or like whenever you're holding anger towards someone, they don't care about you. Mm -hmm. You know, 
they, you're not even like a thought in their mind, but here you are like just boiling with fumes and stuff like that. And you, you're just like hurting yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. So it, it reminds me to like, just let things go, you know, composure, you have composure and, and do not let things, uh, influence the way you feel or the way you think about things mm-hmm. you know and always so always just keep your composure about everything and and don't let anger take over and make the decisions for you because they're most of the time not the right decisions and to build off of that anger one it's there's another one i, I didn't write it down but it's more like it's more like a a um thought process or thing like that but it's not really a quote and the way i, I think about anger now uh it kind of correlates back to what our old podcast where I feel like anger is always seen as such a terrible emotion to have, but I don't see anger as a terrible emotion. I see anger as a emotion that people don't know how to handle. Handle, so it always come out as a terrible, as thing. a negative, right? And the things that if yeah. you can harness harness that anger, you could actually benefit from it because anger is a very powerful emotion, and used in the correct way will actually get you to the point you know get you to um succeed in life or succeed in your goals and anger is really yeah like i said like a very powerful fuel that mm-hmm. you could use but you gotta know that that's how it's used it's yeah kinda, it's kind of like fire in a sense where fire could burn down a whole forest if used you know mis misused but if you use it correctly it gives you warmth you know it cooks your food it, it creates all these things you know Right, it becomes something positive right. and not something so negative anymore. Right. But the things that all people see is the destruction fire can cause. Right. You know, and it's a quick, another quick tidbit. If you guys, any of you guys ever watch Avatar, The Last Airbender, <laughs> that's what they learned. When Zuko and Aang lost their fire, well, when Zuko lost his fire ability, firebending ability, and Aang was scared, too scared to use fire because all Aang saw was the destruction of fire. Mm-hmm. And when they finally went to go see the Dragon Masters and the Dragon Masters showed them that all those beautiful colors of fire, Zuko understood that fire isn't anger. It's right. passion. You know what I'm saying? It's his passion. It's about all these feelings in one, you know? All the emotions in one, all the colors in one. And Aang saw that fire wasn't just about destruction. It's about beauty, you know, it's about life. And that's how they're both able to get their firebending uh, under control. Wow. You just did an unintentional review of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. You go. Spoilers. Hey, who can, hey, if you haven't watched Avatar now, this is too late, dude. That, that show came out like 20 years ago. You should have been seen it. Hey, I've never seen it until we watched it like a month ago. Right, which is why I never said anything about it until after you've seen it. See, so no spoilers. Okay, go ahead. So my quote is, half my life is an act of revision. Mm. And what I take away from that was, this quote is actually from a book from The Fault in Our Stars. Mm, I read that book. <laughs> you did, surprisingly. <laughs> But I don't know when I when I read the quote, instantly I thought of, dang, that's true, that we spend most of our lives trying to fix mistakes that we've made in the past or trying to uh, make up for things that we couldn't do in the past. And we're trying to change that. Right. Yeah. 
And so it kind of altered my mindset where I'm like, okay, well, I need to stop looking at my past so much and start looking more into, okay, um, the present and where I want to be in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. Focus more on the revision part, not really the past. Right. But see, you know, when I, when I hear that quote, it, it, it resonate differently for hmm. me when i hear that quote it's like it's okay to make mistakes you know it's okay to revise all the time it's okay to try things and fail and and it's okay to like make you know go out and actually make mistakes because half your life is about making mistakes and being revised to try to become this better person right yeah so that's what i get hmm. yeah not necessarily like like uh Stop looking at your past. More of like, it's okay to make mm-hmm. mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay, that's it? hmm Okay, my next one. Don't mistake my kindness as weakness. Hmm. I like that one too. Did you steal that from my book? No. Oh, but okay. it's just something that I remember. That is a quote in my head that I keep remembering. It, mm. And to me, it's like, hey man, if I'm nice to you, don't think I'm weak because I'll punch you in the face. That's true. Yeah. People try to manipulate you exactly. when they see your kindness and they're like, okay. Oh, he's soft. Yeah. You know, oh, he's not going to fight. Oh, he doesn't like, you know, he backs down. I'm like, mm, no, no, no. I'm saving you from an ass whooping. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'll being, be real shocked when, you know. No, nah, I was like, not shocked to me, <laughs> you know, but let's just say I, I whoop your ass. Little Dukes. So I, I have given Chi a nickname about her ghetto. Oh, my god! Ghetto Chi is known as Little Dukes. <laughs> so when I say Little Dukes, it's ghetto Chi coming out. That South Side, that North Side, Milwaukee, like, you know, the projects. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, I got my house shot up 10 times. Mm. You know, the, the I see the cops on every weekend for murder. The my my neighbor was a crackhead. Okay, <laughs> little dukes. But anyways, yeah. To me, it's like that's what it means. It's like, look, I'm nice, but don't you ever like take this as weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, like I will, like don't think that like I I'm not capable of violence. You know what I'm saying? Right. And oh, that reminds me of another quote. Okay. I don't remember it though. I don't oh, think boy. about it, but it does remember. Like I, I, I remember like, like bits and parts of it. Okay. But uh, hold on. Let me let me think. Let me think. Okay. It's it's um. <laughs> you remember bits and parts of it. Right, but I remember it was good though. It's like um. Oh, 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 oh. there's a difference. It's it's I kind of like jumbling it now, right? We're mixing it up to kind of make it my own. Mm-hmm. But it's, it goes something like this. There's a difference between peaceful and harmless. Okay. Okay. Harmless means that you are without harm. You don't know how to mm-hmm. harm. Peaceful means that you understand harm. You you are harmful, but you choose not to harm. Mm. Right. And that's why yeah. I. That's kind of like back to this. Uh, don't don't take my my kindness as weakness because that's how I am. I'm peaceful. Right. I am capable of harm. I am capable of hurting you, but I choose not to. And that's yeah. what makes me peaceful. Don't don't mistake my peace as harmless. You know? I'm very harmful. I just choose not to be. 
So that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I'll See, look at that. I'm popping quotes left and right, baby. Okay, you go. Okay, please. Well, <laughs> mine isn't a quote. It's actually a story, but I'll just summarize it the best that I possibly okay. can in Spark notes. in chi uh, form. <laughs> It might be just as long as the story. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, I was asked to read this quote or this story and to give my opinion of what it meant. And the story was basically about uh, a cocoon. I, How I long told is you it? this. Oh, I don't know. This is quite long, but in summary, okay, yeah, it's of a cocoon. Wait, hold on. Before you keep going, sorry, interrupt, but. Is there an author? Like, is there like a place? No, it's just like- a general. It's one of those like general cliche stories ah, okay. that people bring up in like lectures and things okay. like that, you okay. know? Sorry, okay, yeah. Continue. It's the story of a cocoon and there's a lady that observes, is actually observing this cocoon kind of, uh, what's the what's the correct term? Uh, tending to the cocoon. They're not tending to the cocoon, but they're they're watching to see this butterfly come out of oh, it, right? Mm. What's the word? It's not hatch because hatch is an egg. They're, I mean, just okay. It's called okay. hatch. Sure. <laughs> and uh, she was given this time frame. She was told that okay, this butterfly is supposed to come out of this cocoon. By three weeks or so, right? And it's been three and a half weeks and she starts to get worried. So she's like, oh, maybe, maybe this butterfly is having a hard time coming out. She sees it moving, you know, she sees the butterfly moving, but the butterfly can't come out of it. So she decides, okay, she's gonna, you know, kind of help this butterfly and and just kind of trim the size a little bit so that it could have an opening where it can kind of, you know, come out of. And she did that, and so she noticed that the butterfly was slowly, okay, kind of pushing its head out, pushing its wings out, but it was still struggling. It was still having a hard time. So she was like, okay, I'm just going to help you a little more. So she opens up the cocoon just a tad bit more, and now the the butterfly is coming out, and uh, eventually the butterfly is hatched from this cocoon, right? But now, because of the fact that the lady helped this cocoon open up the this butterfly wasn't able to build its wings um the way that it should have to fly right yeah and so now this butterfly cannot fly cannot travel cannot migrate and cannot you know uh basically get its own food mm-hmm. like its other relatives <laughs> uh-huh. and the story says, what do you think about the story? Did the lady uh, diminish this butterfly's quality of life by helping it, right? Right. And I remember a lot of people talking about, oh, um, you know, the theme of the story is that, um, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't be offering your help too much because then you'll kind of, uh, oh, man, what's the word? I'm not getting words today in my vocabulary uh you're preventing them from growing right right? and so they're blaming this lady saying that the lady because of how much she helped the butterfly she didn't allow the butterfly to grow she didn't allow the butterfly to uh go through its own experiences to go through its own mistakes blah blah and that's why it stunted the butterfly's growth Right. Right. And I don't know. When I read the story, I saw it from a completely different perspective. 
because they were seeing this butterfly as a victim. Right. And I saw it as, oh, this lady was just helping the butterfly. Mm -hmm. Right. And essentially this butterfly uh, could have learned how to use its own wings learned how to kind of come out of this cocoon on its own but it kind of um he uh itself stunted its own growth because it chose to rely on this lady does that make any sense yeah i get what you're saying you you saw it more as like a reversal right where like everyone was blaming the lady but they don't see that the the butterfly is just as um to blame. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and, and they're they're trying to you know, I feel like it's like they're trying to play victim mm-hmm. when in reality that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of looking inward and what to do with your situation, you blame people who put you in that situation to begin with. Right. Who aren't necessarily doing that to hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of see like kind of like strict parents. Yeah. You know, strict parents, like they're, they're telling you to stay home, telling you to focus on school. They're sheltering like you. They want you to be safe. So they're doing everything for you. And it kind of stunts your growth. It prevents you from having experiences, you know, that can help you grow. And then you start to blame I don't know your parents, right. whatever, for your lack of experiences. Right, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, you should come to understanding that you lack experience, mm-hmm. and that you should go out and get them in a uh, the safest way possible. Right, you know, like don't don't blame your parents for your shortcoming. I mean, I understand too. It's kind of like I do agree that lady does play a part in starting its growth. Mm-hmm. Right, but the thing is that the butterfly needs to understand that. Without the lady's help, it wouldn't even have made it to that point. Right. You know, without the lady's help, maybe, you know, just because the conclusion ended up being the way it is, like, it doesn't mean that, you know, if she never helped, you could have been stuck in a cocoon and suffocated and died. Yeah. You would not have made it as far as you have, you Mm -hmm. know, but just because you have made it to that point and you look at the things that you don't have, you blame other people for it. Right. Instead of looking at what you do have and how to make the best out of it. Boom! Write that down. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, this is a quote. Okay. Okay. From the movie Kung Fu Panda. Oh, boy. It's from the turtle. Okay. The wise turtle. <laughs> okay. And he goes, yesterday, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Mm, I've heard that one. Yeah. So I like it. It's just some turtle. It just reminds me to like, just focus, you know, don't, don't try to, you know, don't focus so much in the past and don't overthink the future and just kind of like remind myself to stay grounded and think of the moment. Right. You know, and just think of what's in front of me and, and what to do next instead of just like, oh man, like. I can't get over these regrets or, oh man, I'm so afraid of not meeting these goals. Just mm-hmm. like, just relax, breathe and appreciate the time that you have now. Right. Yeah. So it just reminds me to stay grounded. Oh, that's a good one too. Okay. My next one is actually a quote that I like to, um, I don't know. It kind of motivates me. Like it makes me energized. Okay. 
It's the uh, just do it, Nike. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you hate on my success. Like we don't have the same twenty four hours. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. haters. Haters. <laughs> you need haters, man. But it's true. Yeah. I'm so sick and tired of people. Yeah, okay. mm. No, I agree. You know, like I, this reminds me of some of my friends. <laughs> You know, like, to be honest, like, I can't stand it when they say, you got a plan B. You got your degree to rely on. Mm. And I was like, motherfucker, like, you act like you couldn't do it, too. You act like I was privileged, yeah. you know. I grew right across the street from you, homie. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, things like that. Like, you know, I, I grew on the same block. Yeah. I struggled just it's, as much as you did, if not even more. Exactly. And it's like, I hate it when people say, oh, oh, but, but you're privileged. Like, you know, you got... I don't know, parents who help you go to school, you have a supportive family, and it's like, no, no, you you don't know anything about me. Right. right? So don't come at me and tell me that, oh, it's because I have privileges this, privileges that, that that's the only reason why I am where I am today. Right, you know, it's just like, it's like they're just complaining about the things that you got and they don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, it's, like, food, no, it's a no, two-way I, street. Right. I worked my butt off to get here. Yeah. It's like... Sweat, bloods, and tears, BTS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote BTS. <laughs> Start quoting BTS. <laughs> we were seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we are many or whatever that quote the song is. But yeah. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. It's like, it, it, it's just excuses, you know? So it's, but you know what? When I hear people say things like that to me, I'm just like, I don't know. You get that, you know, where your blood starts boiling and you're like, yeah. Just want to, I don't know, punch them in their face. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lil Dukes. <laughs> Lil Dukes coming out. No, but that's just, I don't know. When I read that quote, I was like, yeah. Yeah. There's, a few people that pops in my head when I read it. And yeah. Just like, yep. Oh yeah. I have, to, I have, I've had had these talks with some of my friends, you know, and, and they'll come back at me as like, well, you had this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Then you're done. You know, like mm-hmm. you're done for if, if all you think about is what you don't have, mm-hmm. then you're never going to make it anywhere yeah. because you just got to continue making excuses about why you failed and why things yeah. don't, you know, succeed in yeah. your life. And it's like, Oh, well you, you went to a good high school. Well, you could have too. Yeah, you chose not to. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, well, you went to college. That's why you you have a good paying job or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you you could have too. You know, there's you could have applied to some scholarships. That's what I did. You know, like you act like I went and took some money from my parents' account and paid for my whole entire uh, school education. It's like, no, I went and took out fifty thousand dollars of loans and did that. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's like. Look at me. Like, you know, like, I went to the worst high school. You know, mm-hmm. top two worst high school in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I went to Pulaski, mm-hmm. where they have police officers walking around. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how bad that school was. You know, and, and I didn't let that stop me from achieving my goals. Exactly. Yeah. I grew up in the hood. Yeah, exactly. I, I could have gone to a hood school. Yeah. <laughs> could have gone to Pulaski. <laughs> yeah, you got to Pulaski? Yeah, man. Like, you know what I did? I went to the best school. <laughs> well, one of the best. But like some of my friends yeah. went to the best schools. Right, exactly. And did poorly. You know, and it's like, it's not about where you go. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, who you know. It's about your 
your work ethics. Right. You know? How hard are you willing to work mm -hmm. for your uh, your dreams? And like these people don't want to work because they just want to count their crutches. You know? Ugh. But hey, listen, that reminds me of another quote. <laughs> if you ain't got haters, you ain't doing it correctly. You know what I'm saying? Dang, I like that one. You know, when I you're like doing things one. right, you got haters. So when you got haters, it means you're doing something right. But I don't have any haters. I hate on you, dog. <laughs> okay. Thanks. But that's a good, that's a, that's a love hate though. <laughs> that's a different thing. Okay, ready for mine? Yeah. It is insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This. Yep. This one really got me out of my my uh, middle school um uh, heartbreak. Oh, hold on before you get there. That reminds me of Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And when these, um, uh, I don't know the correct term to call them, amateur entrepreneurs. Oh, you know, hit them. <laughs> when they come in and, and they pitch their product or, you know, uh, their item. And you have these sharks that tell them, you know, you need to stop. Because you've been going at this for 10 years. You're not getting anywhere. You need to stop. That's the quote I think of. Oh, okay. Is the insanity that these people are so invested in something that's not working because they've yeah, made they themselves believe right. mm -hmm. that, okay, this is going to be something that's great. And that's a scary thing mm -hmm. because you have to be passionate about mm -hmm. the things that you're invested in, you know? Yeah. And it's passion like that that gets you to the top. But sometimes it's also passion like that that, that makes you, you the insane. Bottom. Yeah, that, that gets you to the bottom. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah, that's why, that's why I... I think of this balance of ambition and being real. Mm. You know, you need your ambitions to help you climb. Being real is what gets you there. You know, ambition is like that goal of climbing the mountain and then being real is how you get there. Yeah. So, but, but going back to what I was saying, like this quote really gets me through my middle school heartbreak because it, it's like, it reminded me of everything I'm doing for the sake of, I guess, quote unquote love. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the same thing, you know, like I'm just doing it over and over and over again. And I'm expecting her mm -hmm. to realize <laughs> and, and, you know, and fall in love with me, like the way I love her, yeah. you know, but yeah. it is that I'm just, I'm in the loop, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm trying to do the same thing over and over again, expecting this, the different results, but that's not how it works. And then also your thing too, where like, um, be mindful that you're willing to change your plans or you know? just be more open to the idea that sometimes your plans are not, you know, might not work out the way right. that you want it to. Right. And that you have to accept failure when failure is there. Right. Like, don't ignore it. Right. You know? Don't just say like, oh, it didn't work. So it just means this. Like, I didn't do this. I didn't do yeah. this. It's like, no, no, no. It didn't work because the idea itself doesn't mm -hmm. work. You know, don't don't over don't be overzealous on your ambitions that you refuse to see and acknowledge the failures that comes with it. Right. Okay. And then going off of that, mm -hmm. I have another quote. Oh, okay. This one says, you want the person to become the ideal person, but not the ideal person to become the person. Damn. Hit, hit me. Hit, hit it again, dog. I got lost. <laughs> read it again. Read it again. <laughs> it says, you want the person to become the ideal person uh -huh. right but not the ideal person to become the person 
Dang. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's deep. Who said that? You did. Oh, yo, yo. I know I did. I was just putting oh, myself. You're being a, you were being egotistic. Hell yeah, dude. I was just putting myself back on that pedestal. You're you know so, what I'm saying? You're so annoying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Hey man, the most I annoying don't, person. I've I don't get known. these very often, all right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I gotta take it when it comes. You know what I'm saying? I gotta take these small W's, all right? I take L's all the time, but you know, every time you get these small W's, you gotta make the best out of it. And you know that quote is very true because when I first met you, yeah, right, yeah, I liked qualities about you because those were the qualities that i was looking for right yeah but then this stems back to a conversation that we were having in a previous uh, podcast where people would be attracted to another person solely based on physical looks right yeah but that person doesn't have any of the qualities that they like yeah. right mm-hmm. and then they try to kind of fix those qualities into that person yeah 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 and it doesn't change them right they try to change them and it doesn't work that way and i have a lot of friends you know who have had issues in relationships because of simply that where they're attracted to this guy or or this person whatever and this person is not their ideal person because they don't have attributes that they like certain qualities yeah so then they're trying to change the person or they just make it up in their head that okay you know uh this person who is who i want to be because or who i want to be with because i'm just going to believe that that's what they have does that make sense yeah you're saying it's like they're they're refusing to accept the person they're with as who they are Mm mm-hmm you know, and they're only with that person because they they try to push them to become this ideal person right. they have in their head of that of who that person should right. be. You know, and that's kind of why I said it. You know, when I brought up that quote, it's like, and and I see this a lot in relationships too because I, I've seen it in my older brothers and them where they try to change each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, why why aren't you like this? Why aren't you like that? You know, and it's just like that's the problem is that. You're you're trying to change him. But you're not acknowledging why he is the way he is, or why she is the way she is. Yeah. You know who they are as a person, and that's why I said like maybe you should reverse the way you think about it, and and maybe the ideal person should be the person that you love. You know, the ideal person is the person, not the person trying to be the ideal person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your ideal your ideal person should be the person who has flaws and not perfect. Right. You know, that should be the ideal person, not this perfect being that no one could reach because then you're never going to be happy, Mm -hmm. you know, because the moment you see a flaw appear, it's like over, you know? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I agree. Um, Here's the one that I live by. It is better to be hated for what you are than to be loved for what you are not. Mm-hmm. That's just me, man. This That's just like what, just just like the previous quote. What? Oh yeah, said, yeah, very similar. But this one is more of like a inward thing, you know. 
I feel like the, the last quote was more about your being like just loving your partner for who they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really trying to find that partner. This one's more like a, a self thing where it's kind of like just be real. Yeah. You know, don't try to chase clout or try to be fake and stuff like that. Like be be yourself. Like, you know, if I go to a, a party or something where like I have friends and stuff like that, like I'm trying to impress, like I'll, I'll still be me. Yeah. I don't want them to like me for this person, you know, this fake person this fake persona i put up just to so just so that i can receive likes it's like forget that i'd rather be happy in my own skin i'd rather be hated in my own skin you know and then then project this projection of me that's fake but everyone loves because then it's like no one loves you for who you are Mm -hmm. you know they only love you for this person who's not you yeah you got another one Mm -hmm. okay go so I've had this quote in my book for quite a while. Oh, damn. Okay. And I really like it and based on the context of where I read it from. But there was a moment that happened to us recently okay. where uh, this quote was very profound, right? So I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read it. It says, silence, the most loaded sound in human history. Dang. What does that mean? So it brings me back to the situation where we had with um, some friends and um, an argument (laughs) pursue, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, uh, it was kind of just a conversation between a couple and uh, one of the, one of these significant other uh yeah, one of these significant other. Yeah, one of these significant other, um, was kind of just venting. And telling his spouse all of his concerns, expressing his feelings, his worries. And he said, what do you have to say? And, and there he was, was met silence. With silence. Yeah. Damn, that destroyed him. It, it, was, it destroyed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have never experienced such a moment ever where... Silence said so much. I have. Okay, is this a joke? No, not a joke. Okay. It's, it's sort of a joke. <laughs> okay. It was when uh, it's in John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know when the guy called him, I was like, hey, man, sorry. This is the first John Wick. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, my son did all this stuff and, you know, yada, yada. It's like, come on, like, just be cool, be cool. And John Wick didn't say anything, just hung up. And then, and then, um, the Russian boss turns around, and I guess his advisor is like, "What did he say?" And then the Russian boss is like, "Enough." Yeah. And I was like, "Dang!" Yeah. See, like that's the point. Like that silence. You mean you are well? Yeah. You see those in movies, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, yeah, that's great." You know. And it was like that's why I picked up the quote because I was like, "Yeah, that is true." You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes silence says just enough sometimes it says more <laughs> yeah yeah and then in that situation i was just like wow Damn. that said 
everything I needed to know. Yeah. It's it's like and it, more. yeah, it's like when he was you know, back to the um your your example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was being um He's being vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. And then, very vulnerable. And like there was a time where like she could have came in and really comforted him and changed the whole thing around, but man, that silence The silence actually scared me. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, damn, that's what she thinks. <laughs> you know? It's like you're not worth the words. I got nothing to it's, say to it's you. It's like, you know, when someone sends you a message on Facebook and they you leave just, you on red, yeah. the silence, <laughs> mm-hmm. that says a lot. And I do that on purpose sometimes. You know, when yeah. people would send me a message and I would just leave it on red because that, that says everything you need to know about right. how I feel. So all you listeners who have been <laughs> left on red by Chi, she knows she yep. did it on purpose. Yep. She hating <laughs> on you guys. All right. This is the last one I have written down. I have like a couple more, but... I don't need another time, but this one is um, tell the truth, right? Tell the truth so you don't have to remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it, it reminds me back in like back to my middle school days again. Like I used to lie a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and lying is tiresome because you have to remember your lie. You know, and then yeah. you got to build on those lies. And if they catch you slipping in your lies, you have to lie some more. Yeah. And it becomes this big thing where, like, you're just lying all the time, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is that when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember it because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's also just stress free. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you don't, don't have, have to... that weight on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about who did I tell? Who didn't I didn't tell? You know, what story am I going to tell today? And this reminds me of the uh, the Shakespearean story Macbeth. That's what Macbeth Macbeth was about. I forgot what that story is about. I I, I just kind of like vaguely is that, remember. Is that the witch story? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's the witch story where she gave him like three uh, three prophecies that was gonna come true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, something like that. But the, the the main point was that he had lied about something, right? Mm-hmm. And then he kept having to lie to cover it up. And every single time he had to cover up the lie, it became worse and worse. Yeah. You know, at first it was just lying and then it became like murder. Like he had to kill people to uphold his lies because they found out the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it, that's what I remember from Macbeth was like lying is troublesome and it's tiresome and it's so stressful because you have to remember your lies. Yeah. You have to remember you know, you have to keep living this lie. And, and when people find out about it, like I said, like you have to take care of it. Like, you know, are you going to kill them? You know, like if somebody found out that you're not the real king, you, you have to kill them. Yeah. You know, and I, now you're, you're piling these bodies and bodies and bodies. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, that one small lie that you have committed now is like, you know, it's lies built on lies mm-hmm. and it, it multiplies. Oh, <laughs> Yo, bars. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, last one. Any last one um, for you? I, I don't. When you said that was the last one, I said. Oh, this is the last one for me, homie. Oh. Yeah, let me hit, hit a cheat quote. Depression. Ooh, okay. You are always thinking, never doing. Boom. Say that again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who, who, who'd you get that from? Uh, I did. 
You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it. Yeah, you wrote it, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah! I'm in the books. <laughs> I actually do have a lot of quotes from you in my book. I'm in the books. Hey, man, I'm for real, though. Sometimes I'd be dropping gems, not to brag, <laughs> right? But I, it is kind of bragging, too. Sometimes I surprise myself at how well I drop some gems, and I just feel kind of sad. <laughs> that no one writes them down. Yeah, that no one's writing well, these gems down. aren't you happy that yeah, I write Yeah, I am really happy. That's why when I was reading through the book and I read some of those stuff, and I was like, man, did I really say these things? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, wow, like, I forget sometimes, you know, that I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, right. you know, yeah, like I said, I just feel like sometimes, like, these gems kind of go unappreciated, you know? <laughs> Well, I appreciate. Thank you. These that's why I gems. love you. See, I love you because you write these things down for me. You appreciate these things. You listen. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. It's the first time you've ever said anything kind to me. <laughs> I always say things kind. In, hey, our, don't in our 12 years relationship, hey, that's yeah, the yeah. first time. <laughs> don't get it twisted, man. Don't make it seem like I'm an asshole through our relationship, all right? I've done a lot of kind things for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, what was the quote again? Oh, depression. Mm-hmm. You are always thinking and never doing. Mm, okay. And that's true. Okay, so what? how does that, you know, what do you, what do you think of that quote? That was, so I actually wrote that down because that was when you told me for the first time that you thought I was depressed. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. And you said, I think you're depressed because you're always thinking and you're never doing. Mm. And I, I thought about it and I said, you're right. Mm. I, need to, I need to get my shit together. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the things are like, like I said, like these things come from experience. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, I have to deal with my depression all the time. And I, that's one of like the, um, the, uh, how do you say, it? um, variable a, a similar variable a variable that always comes around all the time okay you know a, a variable that always affect me was the fact that i was always overthinking things i was always just sitting in my room thinking about things and just laying in bed thinking about things and i'm not living my life mm-hmm. i'm not out doing stuff you know yeah. and, and to me i was like oh you're always thinking up of these scenarios that you should be doing or yeah. thinking of these ideas that you should have already you know have completed or you know Things that you should be doing, but you're not because you're depressed. Yeah, because you're depressed. And it's like, man, like, I need to get out of this. I need Mm -hmm. to start doing stuff. I need to start actually working towards these goals because if I'm just sitting here thinking about these goals all the time. It's not going to get done. Yeah, it's not going to get done. So get up and do stuff, you know. If you're stressing about, um, you know, even small things like dishes, like the the sink is always dirty. It's like, clean it. Yeah. You know, just start cleaning. (laughs) You know, like, just start. Just start doing stuff, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that was, <laughs> you know, you know what? Let's end it on a good motivational <laughs> note. All right. You guys, you know, don't be like, if you guys are depressed, give yourself a fighting chance, you know, like eat healthy, go exercise. And I'm not saying like, these are the things that will cure your depression, but these are the things that give you a fighting chance against depression. When you're not doing any of these things, when you're not looking after your health, you're deteriorating away and your mental um your mentality is also deteriorating away. So <laughs> <What>? <laughs> your mentality is also <laughs> deteriorating away. You know, so work on your physical body, stay healthy, and also stay mentally healthy. They both coincide with one another. When you eat like shit 
it affects the way you think. You know, and mm-hmm. when you eat healthy, it also affects the way you think. Having kind words for yourself, you know, and just be out there and do stuff, man. Yeah. All right, Chi. Anything motivation? Boom, Chi go. Motivation. Peace. Jesus. Love. <laughs> What's the other one that Hate. people have? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. You know, when you go into someone's home and they always have peace. Oh, it's live, love, laugh. <laughs> That's yeah, the live, quote. love, laugh. <laughs> Dude, I would just want to punch people. Put that up, man. <laughs> we'll end it on that note. Yeah, Live, that's love, laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, until the next time. Catch you guys later. Peace.